the Hardwired Hockey Podcast featuring your host, Matthew Sheridan, and I am Tyler Prosik. Our special guest, Ilias Hussein, uh, another Ryerson student and writer with OTL. And uh, he's a trial writer for the Hockey Writers with Bench, I believe. Um, and today we're going to be covering a whole bunch of World Juniors talk, predictions, and finishing it off with some NHL. So to start it off, guys, um, on this so just whoever wants to go ahead uh we'll start off with under the radar players in this year's world so whoever wants to jump on that you can uh, start us off uh you can go first all right yeah i'll go um i was gonna right away say brad lambert um i talked about it on previous podcasts i've been on but the kids the kid's amazing he's uh he just turned 17 he hasn't even played 17 uh, a game in the, the league as a 17 year old as of yet uh, he's considered a Finnish phenom, uh, and he is going to be playing in the top six of uh, Finland's lines. Um, he is ha- dropping such an incredible statistics in a men's league as a underager, which is really unforeseen in this in hockey in recent times. Uh, if you look at previous World Junior tournaments, you see with. Uh, Connor McDavid, uh, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, where they've been a year away of their uh, draft eligible year. They come to the World Juniors. They aren't the best players then, but as the tournament develops, you see them become the better player. And I think we're going to be seeing that with Lambert this year, uh, especially with Finland probably being poised to make a deeper run than people expect it to be. Uh, and with them obviously being in the weaker group, I think it's going to favor Lambert especially uh so yeah i'm gonna have to go with ben lambert the kid's amazing he's he's like he's dropping such incredible stats as an underager in the men's pro league imagine him coming to uh, his own age group he's i feel like he's just gonna dominate as a 16 year old or 17 year old now so yeah i'm gonna have to go with him yeah just before we go to another player i just wanted to highlight brad lambert as well watching the game um against the united states and even yesterday it was incredible to see He's just, from his own end, he has the puck on his stick, and he's able to pick up speed, gain speed up through the neutral zone, and he just drives around defenders. He dives in and out of zones and lanes, and it's just it's incredible to watch. And like Ilias said, um, it's incredible to see someone so young um, playing in the top six. A lot of people were surprised that he, he did make it over guys like Hatu Ratti, who is eligible this year, but um, he's a phenom for sure, and a lot of people will know him in a, in a few years' time. Um, but for me, mm-hmm. I have to go with... Uh, one of the under-the-radar un, under prospects for me would be Marco Casper on Austria. Um, I know Austria is not going to do a lot of damage in this year's tournament, but I just wanted to highlight him just because of how young he is. He was born April 8th, 2004, so he's 16 years old. Um, I think he's another. Mm-hmm. He's going to be another player to watch for the 2022 draft. Um, they don't have a lot of great players on that team other than Marco Rossi, and I guess you could say Cena Peters as well. He's He looked pretty good in their first game, but I mean, the, um, the warm-up game, he looked pretty good. But uh, in, with Rogel, BK, J18 in the J18 region, which is a junior league in Sweden, he's put up eight points in seven games. And then playing with a tw- under 20s, with 20s and under, he has two goals in six games. So he's looked really good um, in the game. I think I, I think he, he generated a lot of scoring chances. Um, he wasn't afraid to drive the net. So I think he could make some noise. Not as... Not in the same terms of Lambert, who's probably going to, who's, I expect to put up a lot of points, but Casper's probably going to raise his draft off a lot. So I just thought I'd highlight him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, for for me, I was looking this morning and uh, I was just looking at some guys I thought could, you know, have a big impact. And I was looking at Sweden's goaltender, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning third rounder. It's Hugo Allenfelt. And, um, you know, he was fantastic. Teen World Juniors uh, with a 924 save percentage. And I think he can be a big part of Sweden's. Um, and, you know, Tampa brings up pretty good goalies. Um, they had Bishop and now they have Vassi. And I think Alan felt really good on Tampa eventually. And I think he could have a really, really good uh, World Juniors. Uh, San Jose fourth rounder uh, a couple years back, Yego. Uh, uh, he's six two, so a really big, and um, he's almost a point per game in the MHL in Russia, like two points under for last year and this year right now. Or I think he's six points in seven games this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like I mentioned, his big bodies gets him uh, some big minutes with uh, Team Russia. Um, so looking at yesterday three games, uh, USA, Russia, Slovakia, Switzerland, and Finland, Germany. Matt, which one, uh, which one did you want to talking about? Um, I guess we could start off with the one that was first, which was Slovakia and Switzerland. Um, I'm being perfectly honest. It wasn't that interesting of a game. Uh, Slovakia, I'm happy to see that they did rebound from their six, nothing, um, handling. Uh, they got, outplayed in every facet of the game by Czech Republic. So it was nice to see their forwards kind of step up. Um, I think it was really impressive um, to see their backup goalie. Um, I forget his name, but uh, he looked incredible. Samuel Hulavai, who plays for Sherbrooke in the Quebec Minor Junior Hockey League, was supposed to be the starter. And a lot of people were shocked that he was a last-minute scratch. But he looked really good. Um, the backup looked amazing. He stood on his head. And I think we had one of the better saves of the tournament already at the end of the game there, he's, um, I think it was Inaki Barajano who plays in the WHL. Uh, he was in tight in the slot and he had a wide open net and he robbed him with a glove save. So he looked really good and I'm excited to see how they go. Um, they do for the rest of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And what a, what a goaltending duel there uh, with uh, Slovakia, Switzerland. Uh, 32 Slovakia and 28 for Switzerland. And uh, Slovakia ends up, but uh, what a game for the Swiss goaltender, uh, I think it's Baton yeah. or something like that. And uh, I, I think he could it's for the um, Swiss hockey, like, that, you know, isn't as known as, as Canada, Finland, Germany, uh, all the other countries, basically. And uh, if he continues playing like that throughout the tournament, I think, uh, you know, uh, Switzerland could, a lot of their games, a lot more close than uh, people expected. Um, so I think Ilias might have got cut out or something. So we'll continue until he gets back, I guess. Um, I, it might have been an internet problem or something. But uh, moving on to USA Russia. Uh, looking at this, I'm going to just open this up. Spencer Knight was not good last night. Um, and it's alarming to me, but I think he will bounce back. What are your thoughts on that game, Matt? Yeah. I was especially disappointed in Spencer Knight. Um, the defense looked um, terrible as well. Uh, the amount of turnovers that they gave away in the defensive zone, um, it's it's a testament to how good Russia is on the forecheck and how good they looked. Um, 
they just they're a puck dominant team and they absolutely showed it last night and it was frustrating to see because the first goal by Vasily Ponomarev wasn't Knight's fault it was a redirection in front um the third goal was I guess you could say a mixture of both but the fourth goal was where he just he made a, a bad pass up the um up the boards and they intercepted it and it was an easy goal so I think Knight Nice didn't do well at last year's tournament either. So I think it might be um, a bit of the pressure at the big stage to perform. Um, some goalies are really good in the NCAA and the in the junior leagues. And then when it comes to playing at the World Juniors, they just, they falter. So I'm not going to put too much pressure on him after the first game, but I'm expecting a lot of mm-hmm. big things from him in the upcoming games because he is their star goalie and he needs to act like it. Because if the U.S. has any chance, mm-hmm. they've already lost a crucial game to the, to the Russian. Um, if they want to come second, they're going to yep. have to beat Sweden, and they're going to have to be a lot better. It's going to have to come from night. It's going to have to come from the defense, and a lot of their forwards are going to have to be better as well. Because, honest to God, the only line that looked good last night was Brett Burrard and Landon Slager's line. They were hard on the forecheck. Um, their coach played them a lot, and uh, it, it was easy to see why. But you've got to have guys step up like Cole Caulfield and Trevor Zegers. Although they did score, they looked lost half the game, and then they finally decided to turn on the last ten minutes. So you need a a much more well-rounded effort from the entire United States team. And I think if they can get that, they'll be a lot better team. But if I'm Knight's performance was concerning, but if I'm the head coach, I go back and I put Knight in for the next game against Austria today. And if he doesn't um, do well, then you put Dustin Wolf in because he's a fantastic goalie as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so we got Ilias back here. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know what happened. Ask. I don't know what happened there. I, I guess it just it cut me off for no reason. <laughs> It's all good. Um, so let's get your thoughts on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was um, I was trying to say that, like, in all facets of that game, it was an upset. People expected Slovakia to finish fourth, maybe even fifth out of the, the preliminary round for this Group A. Uh, if you look at their pre-tournament game against the Czechs, they got absolutely smacked, like whipped around, destroyed. Mm-hmm. And with Germany, a lot of people being high on Germany, a lot of people thinking that Switzerland is better than people think. Um People thought Slovakia would be the on men out. So for them to take that 1-0 victory over Switzerland, it's big for them because now they have a fighting chance in this group. They might actually not be um, not qualify for that uh, for that quarterfinals now because they might actually finish fourth or third. So in all facets of that game, it was an upset. It was, to say, for an entertainment point of view, it wasn't the most entertaining game. Uh, because it was one nothing, but you know it was a goalie battle at the end of the day, um, and uh, it was I guess interesting to see Slovakia beat Switzerland, uh, which we all expected to see the opposite. And looking at USA, I just wanted to say, even though you know Spencer Knight, Askarov wasn't very good either. Like for how, I think he had an eight eighty or something like that. What are your thoughts on that uh, game? Okay, with the thing is with Astagard, the first goal that he let in wasn't the prettiest. Um, uh, and I think that if people are overrating this USA roster. Yeah, they have a lot of talent in front, but do they have a lot of talent that can play both ends of the ice? I'm not sure. Uh, the thing is with Trevor Zegers and Cole Caulfield, yeah, they can score a hell out of goals, but are they great in their own zone? Not particularly. Uh, and you seen with Cole Caulfield last night in the first period, he didn't get a lot of ice time. He had two minutes and 58 seconds. Um, and in that time, Russia only scored one goal. But in the second period, he had nearly eight minutes. 
Russia scored three more goals. Not to say that it was all his fault. Not to say it was just because it was Cole Caulfield. I'm just saying that when they get more ice time, it doesn't seem like a greater thing for the USA roster. Uh, Spencer Knight obviously didn't have the greater perfor- greatest mm-hmm. performance. A lot of people have high expectations for him. I mean, same thing happened last year with him. People thought he was going to be the goalie of the tournament. He didn't really play that well. So um, it's it's bothering to see the development of this USA roster uh, not go in terms of the way people thought it would. Uh, and it's definitely worrisome uh, for the USA head coach as well. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to finish mm-hmm. as far as people think, but that that definitely is concerning that game last night yeah i'd also like to speak on askarov if that's okay yeah yeah Um, i just uh last night's game was was not a great game in terms of the goalies but i'm just happy to see askarov um development over the course of this past year because last year's tournament he looked um he was panicking and he looked terrible in that like he wasn't his confident self like he was in the link aggressive cup so it was concerning to see but this year he looks common net Um, you can see him like waving his glove in front of the the american's face trying to get into their heads like he's enjoying it and he's getting he's he's in the game and i like to see that i like to see that fire like see that competitiveness he's not afraid to go out of the net and play the puck um spencer knight looked panicked when he had the puck on his stick out of the net but yaroslav askarov did not so i'm happy with his development and i think he could be a really good goalie in the future I think um, so. I used I used to play net, and I think after a big loss, like I never played, but like I, I enjoyed my time in net. And after like a big loss or or a bad game, um, I think Scrub and Knight is to not get too um, not. I don't want to say like. I just think they should they should like really like calm down and just like. A, like slow their game down basically is what I'm trying to say is like they can't be too um, jumpy in net like you um, and like when he's playing the puck if he's if he's looking if if you're not looking confident teams and they have to they have to try and uh, get their comp next game and I also agree that you're not that good. I, I thought that from the start, and even before camp, uh, as soon as they pulled out Nick Roberts, uh, I was like, I, I, I didn't have high hopes for Team USA. And moving on to Finland, Germany, um, what do you think about that game? Uh, again, touching back on Brad Lambert, um, he's getting better every day, and it, it, it's a, it's an absolute treat to watch him because I know a lot of people love to follow the draft and stuff but then there's also a lot of people who don't know who these guys are and they rely on sites like the hockey writers and our watchings to try and better to try and get a better understanding of prospect and i think in my piece i was happy to highlight him the other day because i genuinely think he's going to be a game changer the 2022 and 2023 drafts are um, two of the best drafts in the past 10 years and they're going to be a lot of outstanding talent and he's at the top of it Brad Lambert was the best player, in my opinion, for Finland in yesterday's game. Um, I know he didn't have a single point, I believe, but he looked absolutely incredible. And I think it's a testament to how good Finland's development staff have done over the past few years. Um, In terms of Finland's goalie, um, I was a bit concerned. He didn't look 
entirely strong. I'm still really confused. That's why Joel Blomquist didn't start. I'm not sure if he's out or if he's sick. He wasn't even on the bench. Um, I expected him to be their starter. Um, I, as if you guys, do you guys know if Blomquist? Do you do you know who that is? Yeah, Joel like, Blomquist. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, know what? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Is is did you guys do you know if why I, he's out? Like I haven't been. Able to I find don't anything. know why he's out. I think it might have just been a thing where. They said, okay, we're just going to give Perron in the game against Germany and then give Blomquist the rest until, I guess, Switzerland and their fourth. But I don't know why they did that particularly, but maybe they just wanted to get Perron in the game and get their uh, third guy in, like, as a, uh, at least on the bench for once. So I don't, I, I don't know why they did it particularly, but. Yeah. And then I, I, I seriously don't know. I think he's their best goalie, and I think. Um, if you have him in the net, you have the best chance to win. And then also on Germany's side, uh, Tim Stutzel and J- John Jason Paterka looked amazing as well. Stutzel's goal was incredible. A lot of people um, would just look at it and say it's a nice goal, but the ability to, for him, from a scouting standpoint, for him to be able to have, um, to get the shot off with the puck on his um, on his left foot, um, the pass wasn't the greatest. And for him to be able to do that at full speed and put it in the back of the net was um, a joy to watch. I think if as Germany gets healthier and they get more players, I think I read something about them averaging 20, every player averaged 21 minutes of ice time, which is not ideal for your team. If you're hoping to um, stay uh, healthy and um, full of energy, but I think they looked, I think they looked good. I liked Florian Elias as well. I think he performed well. Their, their goalie, uh, like T Finassi, he didn't look the greatest. I mean, he faced 45 shots. So, and that's a, a heavy barrage of shots from the Finnish side. But I think if Germany becomes healthy and they can get their top guys going and they can get a lot of depth scoring, then I think they could pose a threat that a lot of people might not have anticipated. To, to touch on the game, um, the thing is with Germany, you just got to give them a round of applause, man. Like, the effort that they showed last night, you got to be proud of, of, of yourselves if you're, if you're German. Um, 14 skaters... Uh, and to put up a fight like that, of course, yeah, it was 5-2 for the majority of the game. But still, you put up a decent fight against uh, a considered powerhouse at this tournament. With only 14 skaters, you got to be, got to give yourself a round of applause, man. Uh, Tim Stutzla, I personally thought coming into this tournament, him coming off a fresh hand injury, he's not going to be the best as he was. But damn, man, I think I might have been wrong. His performance last night was incredible. Uh, he, his goal, as you t- touched on that, the, the ability to, to take that puck on your off foot and still bury it at full speed is amazing. But the third goal, the, uh, Florian Elias goal, he took the puck from the neutral zone, wrapped it around the entire zone, came back up to the blue line, still got a contested shot onto the net, which allowed for a rebound goal for Elias. That goal doesn't happen without Tim Stutzla. His in his performance last night was amazing. He I don't want to say single handedly, but he played a big part of Germany still being in that game. And if you're a German player, your German head coach, or just a German fan, you just got to be proud of this roster, man. Fourteen players and still putting up that kind of fight, man. It sucks for them. I feel for them, but damn, you got to you just got to be proud. Mm-hmm. Um, for just looking at um, that game, I. It's really encouraging to see, and I have a feeling both of you knew I was going to say this, Anton Lundell scored his first goal. Tournament, and uh, I think, you know, it's really encouraging for Panthers fans because right now he's he's lighting it up in Liga. 
And then he comes into the to this tournament, uh, captain of Finland. Let's go. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think this if he has a good tournament, I think he has a legitimate shot of making the Panthers. I don't know what you guys think on that, but I think you know Bill Zito is high on player development and young guys coming from Columbus and being the GM of their AHL team. I think he has a legitimate shot at the Panthers. This year? Yes. I, I don't see it. Um, one, because of quarantine reasons, and two, because I don't think they want to stunt his development that he's been showing in the La Liga. As you said, he's been tearing it up. Why would you want to stop him tearing it up? He's been playing in a men's pro league. Why would you take him to the NHL where he's most likely to be playing on the taxi squad or not even be playing, just going to be on the taxi squad, not even get that much ice time, put him in a sheltered world in the NHL, or why don't you just put him in the La Liga, let him flourish, let him dominate like he has been doing for this past season. I don't see him doing it that year, doing it this year because of the quarantine, obviously, because obviously with the World Juniors, like we saw with Nick Robertson, you're going to miss the training camp and if you after the World Juniors. And I don't think the Florida Panthers are ready to guarantee Anton Lundell that spot without seeing him play in training camp right away. So maybe next year, maybe the year after, he, maybe I agree. Yeah, the Panthers should probably give him a shot. But this year, nah, man, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. Um, the only the only thing the only reason I say I think they might give him a shot is because our center depth is pretty weak this year. And, you know, the Panthers historically have not been very good at bringing out prospects um, like that, that aren't first round, like high first, second, third overall picks. Um, so I don't know if, if Bill Zito is going to be funky, like he has been this whole off season pulling magic out of his ass. I think, you know, if they want, if he wants to shock people, he could bring him in, but I, I don't get me wrong. I agree keeping him in uh, Liga for, for the rest of the season is a good idea. Um, I just think it's a possibility because of the Panthers just being a weird team right now. Like Duclair, like that can come out of – I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but like it, it was just weird. This offseason has been weird. Matheson's gone. I'm kind of like on a high of Matheson <laughs> being gone. Anyway, we'll move on to the games today. Oh, okay, yeah. I was just going to say something quick on Lindell. Um, I, yeah, I get where Elias is coming from with the whole quarantine thing. And I can see both sides of the argument. I can see him making the squad and I could see him not making the squad. Um, I think when you have someone that young dominating the Liga, uh, it's it's a heavy testament to prove. Uh, to sh- he's showing that he doesn't have a lot left to prove in that league. Uh, I know it's been a small sample size, but a lot of people um, were questioning his draft stock just because of his ability um, people were questioning his offensive ability, and I think he's proven that. He's at more than a point per game in the Liga. Um, I don't think he makes the squad this year uh, just because of the fact that he's at the World Juniors and they opened training camp before that. And then, like Ilya's mentioned, the quarantine and stuff. But I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if he made the Panthers full-time next year. He's that talented. Um, his, I would honestly, um, to God, compare him to someone like Barkov just in the fact that because – um, a lot of people may question his defensive game, um, Barkov's defensive game, that is, but he's he's been quietly one of the better defensive um, players in the in the league. And um, I genuinely think Lundell um, is, is pretty much Barkov, a second coming of Barkov. 
Um, I know his offensive yeah. ceiling isn't as high, but I could. Gen- I, I think he has. He stands a strong chance to make the Panther season, uh, the Panthers roster next season because he's that good. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. And, yeah, it's 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 just the only reason I suggested it is because the Panthers are just a weird team right now, and you never know what they're gonna do. But uh, moving on to today, uh, USA Austria. Um, I'm just going to put my thoughts on this. Um, I think it's a huge game for Knight, like like we talked about. Uh, if he doesn't bounce uh, back, he's getting benched, and there's no question about it. I think he does get the start, like you guys uh, meant, or like Matt mentioned, I think. Um, and for this game, uh, I'm just going to do a score prediction. I think the U.S. is going to crush uh, Austria 5-1, and USA kind of gets their sw- swagger back here. Um, what are your guys' thoughts, starting with Matt? Uh, you've got Spencer Knight has got to, to play his best in this game. This is arguably the worst team in the tournament. Um, and the U.S. should trample the the Austrians. They've got Marco Rossi, they've got Marco Casper, and they've got Cena Peters, and that's it. Um, I think Baum could be a, a, a good player if he, he gets enough ice time, but they do not even stand a chance against the United States. Russia's, um, I'd argue, the second best team in this tournament after Canada, so it was expected to be a tough game. And they turned it on at the end, but as you, like we mentioned before, Knight did not look good. So I think um, the U.S. are going to go in there and they're going to, as like you just said, got their swagger back. And I, I predict that they'll beat them like six nothing. I think it's it's going to be an asshole thing. Yeah, if you're if you're Nate Lehman, you, you are kind of in a rough spot right now. You your plan was probably start Spencer Knight day one against the Russians. Game two against the Austrians, you put Dustin Wolf in. But because of the performance that Knight showed last night, which was not the greatest to say the least, as we've mentioned multiple times throughout this podcast, <laughs> but you're probably going to have to start Spencer Knight again because of his performance. You want to see him be a better goalie. You want to see him prove that he's your number one now because last night he didn't prove anything. Uh, and now you're in a rough spot. Yeah. Look, Austria, worst team in the tournament, in my opinion, hands down. I don't think it's a question. Uh, they have a star in Marco Rossi, but after that, it's they fall off a cliff. Uh, do I think USA is going to win? Yes. Do I think it's going to be a beating? Yes. But I don't think it's going to be a beating as if we've seen like Canada and Kazakhstan in like 2009, like 11-0. It's going to be like a beating where Austria actually has some chances to score some goals, but they just can't because they're not the better players if i want i think that austria is probably going to be coming into this game as the more structured team have the more organization in terms of their play but because of their talent they're obviously not going to be able to put the puck into the back of the net so i think if if austria was a better team if we see like usa germany i actually might think germany might have had a chance against the u.s i'm not high on the u.s this year at all and mm-hmm. with because it's Austria, yeah, I think USA is probably going to beat them like six, seven, nothing, like Matt said. But I don't think it's going to be a shellacking in the terms of they they just couldn't do anything. They're like getting hemmed in their own zone twenty four seven. I feel like Austria is actually going to have some fight back here. Yeah, uh, they just mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but Scott Wheeler said Dustin Wolf oh. is starting tonight. So see, um, yeah, I guess oh, Nate well, Lehman is following I, in with that plan. That's sticking yeah. to. That's a that's a testament to, um, I guess I don't want to bash Knight too much, but he's just, he looked rough last night, and I think 
I'm Dustin Wolf. Yeah. He's, he gets the chance. And if, if he proves himself, he should be the starter because he looked really, as soon as he went in that last night, USA kind of turned it on and they looked like the US that a lot of people were expecting to show up to the tournament. So I, I, I'm mm-hmm. fine with Nate Lehman's decision. And I think Dustin Wolf doesn't get a lot of credit because he was a seventh round pick, but he was, he's been absolutely lights out um, on my, on the other podcast um, that I have, I was talking about it the other week. He had a 936 and a 938 save percentage the past two seasons, and he's looked incredible forever. So um, I don't think, mm-hmm. I think the U.S., if they had Knight rolling and Wolf rolling as well, they have one of the best tandem in, in the World Juniors. And I understand the decision by... Uh, to be fair to Knight, that. to be fair to Spencer Knight, like, yeah. he has high expectations for a reason. Like People think he's this good of a goalie because he's proven in the past with his play in other uh, places that he is a, such a star goalie in this league. And with, I mean, not in the league, but like in a, in a, as a prospect, right? And uh, he, yeah. he came into this tournament as the number one goal, goalie, slotted as the number one goalie for the U.S. for a reason. And just because he had a bad game doesn't mean he's a bad goalie, right? Like, I, I want to be fair to Spencer Knight. Like, he, he's a good goalie. Mm-hmm. He had a bad game. And maybe that's just a one-off. He didn't have a great, ter- great, of a, great of a tournament last year, yeah. But he was an 18 year old. Maybe this time as a 19 year old, he learns to put that game in the past, look forward, and become that better player. He's an elite goalie mm-hmm. just by looking at his NCAA stats. He's been absolutely yeah. outstanding with Boston College this year. So he's not a bad goalie, mm-hmm. and he's the Knights goalie of the future. Uh, not the Knight. Oh my God, the Panthers <laughs> goalie of the future. But. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the Panthers goalie of the future for sure. Um, for I just think um, I think it is a smart decision to be honest. I thought they would go back tonight. Uh, that's just probably bias for me. Um, but I think it's a really good idea, especially in the World Juniors, because it's such a it's a short tournament uh, to keep your goalies on a really really short leash. And I think Canada should do the same. Um, you know, I'll transition here to the Canada Germany game. Um, I think if is it Devin oh, Levy starting yeah. tonight? Probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think because we have three goalies in the tournament, Canada needs to keep their goalies on a short leash because yes, they're the best team in this tournament, hands down. But like the question for for the Canadians this year was, is their goalies going to be that good? I think they will be. Um, we talked about it, I think, last week. Um, but yeah, I think. Keeping the goalies on a short leash is really important uh, for the World Juniors and for this Canada-Germany game. Um, obviously, Stutzel is going to be good for Germany. Um, I think Byram and uh, Bowen Byram and Quinton Byfield are going to have big games for Canada today. It's just a gut feeling I have. Um, and I think the Canadians take it 5-2. Um, Ilias, what do you uh, think? Canada's going to win. Um, it's, I don't think it's a question if who's yeah, yeah. going to win. Uh, but I think with the performance that we saw with Germany, we can't really underestimate them, to say the least. They have 14 skaters, yes. They don't have a stacked mm-hmm. roster. They lost Lucas Reichel. They have no Mo Sider. They aren't the best team as they would have been without COVID-19. But they still showed a great performance last night. Tim Stutzler is showing that, yeah, I was a third overall pick and I deserve my third overall pick slot for anybody that doubted it. And I'm going to look at tonight's battle between Quinton Byfield and Tim Stutzler, probably because they were the second overall pick and third overall pick back to back. But because of Byfield stepping up in the uh, the lineup now because of Doc's injury, 
I want to see a big game for him from Byfield. I have been a big Quentin Byfield fan since he's been drafted to the Sudbury Wolves. Obviously, with him being a star player as a black male hockey player, it's obviously a, like a, a a great thing to see for the community. Uh, and I just want to see him success, uh, be uh, successful in the World Juniors because last year he obviously didn't get that opportunity to shine. But today I'm going to look for that battle between him and Stutzla because they were the second overall pick and third overall pick respectively. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Canada's going to win. Like dominant. Yeah. 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 I think Canada wins. Uh, even Kirby, losing Kirby Doc is a huge letdown. There's no if, ends, or buts about it. He was their best player, and I expected him to be named the MVP when we talked about it a few weeks ago. But um, the depth that every every forward on Team Canada's roster is a first-round pick, that um, just goes to show how deep they are. This is When we look back in a few years, I, I honestly got to think, well, this will be one of the best World Junior rosters ever assembled for Canada. They're that good. And then the defense, that's not even touching base on the defense. Like Bowen Byron, Jamie Drysdale, these guys are outstanding. Um, Jordan Spence and uh, Caden Korzak may not be as well-known as the top prospects, but Jordan Spence was named, I think I believe, the QMJ Show Defenseman of the Year. And Caden Korzak has played. Yeah, it's no, oh, no. Oh, yeah, Spence, my bad. I was but sorry to interrupt looked, you, but um, I was going to say Spence is going to be a scratch tonight. Like, that's how great the defense is. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting. They, they played eight defensemen in their last game. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. They're going six tonight. I completely forgot about that. But Jordan Spence and Keaton Korzak are going to be the scratches. That's totally my fault. Um, but they looked outstanding in the warm-up game as well. And if one of their defensemen goes down with an injury, it just it goes to show that these guys are willing to step up into the lineup and make their impact as well. And then, like Tyler mentioned, you got to keep the goalies on a short leash. But Devin Levi's proved that he um, – it, it's it's amazing to see how far he's come. There was a, a they were talking about it on TSN the other day how he wasn't even included in the World Junior virtual camp, and then they decided to go back and watch more tape on him, and then they called him up in November and said, um, "You want to come and try out for Team Canada?" And of course, he jumped on the opportunity. And he he's in a camp with five solid goalies. He stood out, and he's he looked really good in the warm up game against Russia. So I think, like you guys mentioned, um, we've already touched base a lot on Germany. Tim Stutzel is going to be. A, a one to watch for in this game and so is uh, jj paterko losing their top guys like Ilya's mentioned reichel and cider will hurt but um, i think canada is definitely going to win this game and i, I think we can talk about like canada's roster extensively for like 50 minutes just because of how talented they are i mean you look at line yeah. one through four yeah sure. it's it's stacked you mean you have guys like like Phil Thomasino not even getting in a pre-exhibition game when he dropped 100 points in 62 OHL games last year. Everybody on this Canada roster forward-wise is is talented offensively and defensively. Like they're, 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 their team is stacked. And if you look defensively, like Matt said, Jordan Spence, QMJHL Defenseman of the Year last year, scratch opening night. That's how good they are. Byron, Drysdale, Harley, he's played in NHL playoff games. You have Braden Schneider, Caden Gooley, Justin Bear. They're stacked from top to bottom. The only question is their goaltending, yes. But with Devin Levi showing his performance in the pre-exhibition game against Russia, his shutout, you got to be promised with their goaltending depth this, this tournament. Maybe we get like another performance like we had with Joe Holfer last year. But yeah, I, Canada, to me, they're the gold medal favorites. They're going to prove that tonight against Germany. Uh, and they're stacked from top to bottom. 
Yeah. At the Sweden Czech. Um, I think the Czech goalie is coming off a, a good game and coming in pretty. Uh, oh wait, what am I doing? No. Anyway, I think, um, Swedish. The Swedish team um, is better than uh, they get credit for. Uh, Lucas Raymond and Broberg on the back end. Uh, Sweden takes this one, and I think Broberg really shines for Sweden. Um, and he is going to be really good when he eventually reaches the NHL with Edmonton. Um, high on Broberg. And I think the Swedes take this 4-2 tonight. What do you guys think, starting with Matt? Yeah, um, this game's at the time that we're recording this, it's 1-1. Jan Mysak scored for the Czech, and um, Harvard Kosmar, a Vancouver Canucks prospect, scored for Sweden. Um, but I think uh, Sweden, they've got the deeper team. You've got Alexander Holtz, New Jersey draft pick. You've got Lucas Raymond, Detroit Red Wings draft pick. You've got great goalies in Jesper Wallstead, who's eligible this year, um, and Hugo Olnefeld, like you mentioned, Tyler, earlier. Tampa Bay draft pick, so and then their defense as well. Soderstrom, Broberg, they've got a lot of good guys. So I think Sweden takes this one. Um, I'll go five to two. Uh, yeah, I think I think Sweden's gonna win this game. I'll say four three instead of five two. Uh, the reason I feel like people are underestimating how good Sweden is because of their obviously the adversity that they faced before the tournament. Uh, the thing is with their team. They lost a lot of blocks to make the roster, in my opinion. But Hugo Amafelt, to touch on him more, that uh, yeah, that Tyler mentioned earlier and Matt mentioned just now, he, in my opinion, if Sweden makes it far, he will be the goaltender of the tournament. This kid is amazing, and I don't think people realize that he actually is as good as he is. Um, he is going to lock it down for Sweden this time. He played uh, in last year's tournament, and he he played, I think, in almost every game, and he was amazing for them. And I think this year around, he's going to do the same thing for Sweden. But now as a 19-year-old, he's obviously going to be more experienced and have more of a presence in the net. So um, I think Sweden's actually going to make it to the semifinals this year, where a lot of people think they might actually lose out in the quarters. I think they're going to keep their undefeated streak, um, even with all the adversity they faced. And winning the, the game tonight uh, against the Czech Republic would be the first part of them doing that. And I think they're going to take that game 4-3. to three. Mm-hmm. All right on to predictions for awards and uh, for bronze. Ilias, I'll start with you. Who's your bronze teams this year? All right. So my gold is Team Canada. I don't know uh, how you can't go with Team Canada. I mean, I, I talked about it earlier. Like, they're stacked. They're loaded with firepower power across their lineup from top to bottom, forward on the forward court, the defensive side of things, and with Devin Levi locking it down, I just don't expect them losing a game honestly uh i think they're gonna go undefeated if they play as well as their potential shows um second i'm gonna have to go with the rematch of last year's gold medal game and have to have russia and the silver medal spot losing to team canada in the final uh i mean russia they're they're always stacked offensively i mean this tournament they have vasily paul Kolzin, they have rodian amarov mikhail abramov who are two uh maple leafs prospects they have Shakir uh, Muhammad Dulin on the back end, who honestly, as an 18-year-old, he is showing incredible development. And for the people that question his draft pick for the, the Devils, saying that maybe he should not have gone so high, uh, he's showing that he deserves that spot. 
they have obviously Igor Chinnikov, who was uh, drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, where a lot of people did not know his name, honestly. Sam Cosentino and uh, Mike Fuda didn't know who he was when he got drafted. Uh, and they're stacked offensively, and, and they have Askarov in the net. So I'm going to go with them in the silver. The bronze medal, I think I have changed my opinion on. At, at the beginning of the tournament, I said the United States. But looking at their roster more and seeing their performance against Russia, who in my opinion is the second best team in the, in the tournament, I'm not sure if they can compete at a high level with Canada and Russia. So I'm going to have to say Finland is going to be my bronze medal winners this time around. And I think that because of the way that the, the pool, pools work with Pool A and the second will have to face the third, I think USA is going to come third in their group, which probably wouldn't make them face against Finland in the, the quarters. And I think that's where Finland obviously takes down USA like they did last year in the quarters. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Canada, Russia, and Finland. Uh, one, two, three. All right. Matt. Um, I'm, I agree with him on the first two. I'm going to have to go Canada uh, first. Like you mentioned, depth. Um, one of the best teams Canada's ever assembled, even with losing their captain in Kirby Doc. I think a lot of people... Um, don't understand how good they can be. So I'm going to go Canada one, two was Russia. Um, I think they proved that they're the second best team in the tournament by um, taking out the United States last night. Um, Yaroslav Askarov is a star goaltender. Um, they've got, um, they've, their defense have stepped up and they've been looked really good and they're all an all around great team. And then for me, three is still going to have to be the United States. I think, um, although their defense was very questionable last night. You've got great players like Jackson Lacombe, Brock Faber, Ryan Johnson, Cam York. If he steps up, he could be the, the, the best defenseman in this tournament. Um, and then you've got guys like Hellison and Thron who are kind of on, um, not as well known, but they can get the job done. And then if you've got Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegers, and those guys stepping up, Alex Turcott, um, this is an unbelievable team. Um, but I just don't think they're as good um, in terms, like, if you're comparing them against, um, Russia and Canada, I don't think they're as good, but I still think they're good enough to, to take home the bronze medal. So I'm going to go Russia, uh, Russia 2, Canada 1, and United All right, States. and for me, Austria gold. No, I'm just, <laughs> I think obviously obviously Canada's taking home gold. Um, I, I, I literally, Gilead said, I don't think they lose a game. I think with most games, like I on Canada, I literally think they're going to like win at least every game by three goals. Um, their offense is just too good. Defense don't even get like, I can't like, we could talk about them forever. Um, silver. However, I think I mentioned earlier, I think USA bounces back big and their offense carries them to um, the, the gold medal game and they lose out to Canada crap out of us because let's go. Um, and then for, for, for my bronze medal, Russia, I think Russia will take the bronze medal this year. Um, I, last year was crazy. That was probably one of my favorite world um, I, I think I think the Russians are really you think they um, get the bronze medal this year. And then for predictions for awards, I'll start us off. Um, for goaltender of the turn, it's going to go to Devin, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, the Canadian, we keep saying their defense is tight. So 
they're not going to allow a, a lot of high quality. But if they get shots, and likely a lot of them are coming from the outside, he's going to clobber them, and uh, he gets goalie of the tournament this year. Um, the tournament, I'm going Canada again, Jamie Drysdale. I think he has a huge tournament. Uh, first game, he scored that goal against Russia. Um, you know, he's really going to show that he was worth that top 10 pick. And for forward of the tournament, my forward is Cook. You guys may disagree, um, but I think he's in the States. And like I said, I think their, their offense is to the gold medal game. Um, Caulfield will have a big offensive tournament that will get him forward of the tournament. And I'll translate to tell me your predictions. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but my goaltender of the tournament it will be Hugo Anafelt. The reason why I say this is because he, in my opinion, is going to be the reason why Sweden makes it to the semifinals. I have them losing in the bronze medal game, but I feel like he's going to play a big role in them actually keeping their undefeated streak and getting there. So I'm going to have to go with Hugo Anafelt. We've talked about him earlier man he's he's just putting incredible stats up right now and i have to go with him uh the Tampa Bay Lightning's prospect uh for the defenseman i have to agree jamie drysdale tyler you know how high i am on jamie drysdale i love the way he plays hockey i mean if i ever wanted to play hockey i want to play like jamie drysdale the kid's a stud i mean like a right-handed shot defenseman uh he's just amazing i love him i love the way he plays offensively i love the way he plays defensively he's such a great two-way defenseman uh and uh yeah i'm gonna have to go with drysdale for that for forward of the tournament and likely MVP, I would have said Kirby Doc, but he's injured, so I'm gonna go with Dylan Cousins. So uh, Dylan Cousins is a eighth overall pick from the Buffalo Sabers. Obviously, a Sabers prospect uh, has incredible talent uh, offensively. He can play defensively as well. Like he was playing in late game situations for Team Canada last year. I expect him to do the same this year. Obviously, him being in a leadership role now, stepping it up more with the loss of Doc. Uh, with Canada probably winning the gold, I think Cousins is going to be a star uh, for Team Canada this time around. And Matt, what about you? And for me, I'm going to go uh, for forward. I guess I'll start off with forward. I'm going to go Dylan Cousins, like Ilya just mentioned. With the loss of Doc, Cousins is going to have to step up. But I genuinely believe that he's um, up for the task. I... I expect him to make the Sabres. Um, he's that good. The Sabres need um, depth. That they don't have a lot of depth at their forwards, and he's the top, their top prospect right now. He's that good. Um, defenseman, I'm going to go Bowen Byram. Um, I love Drysdale. I love that pick. I could, that's, easy, that's an easy pick for me as well, but Bowen Byram is outstanding. Vancouver Giants in the WHO was their best defenseman, arguably one of the better defensemen in the WHO. Um, and I expect him to make the NHL in the next few years as well. Fourth overall pick by uh, the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. Um, he's going to get a lot of power play time with uh, Jamie Drysdale. And I think with him being a leader and him stepping up, he's going to get a lot of points. So I'm going to go with him. And then for the goalie, I'm going to go with Yaroslav Askarov. Um, I think he, like Tyler mentioned earlier, he didn't have the, the best game last night, but he still looks strong. He stood on his head and he stopped a lot of great chances. And I genuinely believe that Russia doesn't make as deep of a run if Askarov is not at the top of his game. And um, he's proven in the KHL this year, he's been off to a, a, a hell of a start. I think it's like 961 save percentage in seven games. Um, I think he's 
he's going to be the backbone of the Russian team. And if they make a deep run, then it's going to be on the back of him. Um, that's not bashing their forwards or their defense, but they've got a great lineup. But I think Askarov has the chance to be the best goal in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the Team Canada, uh, Mark Masters uh, updated the people to IHF rules. Canada will split the captaincy between Bo and Byram and Dylan Cousins. And Connor McMichael has been captain. So that's just something to note. Um, and moving on here to NHL news. Um, Kucherov's out for the year. Uh, it's a big blow for the Lightning, but in looking at good because then it led to this, which is Anthony Sorelli signed a three-year contract worth 4.8 per year. Uh, Matt, what do you deal for Sorelli? Yeah, yeah. I, being a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan as well as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I know that's a weird combination, but. Uh, I've loved Sorelli because I grew up watching him with the Ottawa Generals. Um, I'm in Whippy with Tyler. So I grew up going to Jens games as a youngster and watching him going from undrafted to being one of their main guys and scoring the, the overtime winner for them to win the Memorial Cup has always been one of the highlights of watching junior hockey and what made me fall in love with the OHL. So um, I've always had a soft spot for him. Um, I was Tampa. If Tampa didn't lose Kucherov to hip surgery, I seriously don't know how they would have done it because with Kucherov's $9 million salary, you can put that on long-term injured reserve. And uh, with the signing of Sorelli, now you're $3 million over the cap instead of $12 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. So um, they've Julian Breezeboz got a long road ahead of him. He's going to definitely have to trade someone. I think you look um, like someone like Detroit, you could call up and say, here's um, we'll, we'll add a sweetener, take Tyler Johnson's contract. But that'll get They have to get under the cap by January 13th. They're definitely going to have to move someone or buy someone else. But that's going to be interesting to watch. But mm-hmm. I love that deal. Um, I'm also happy that they signed Eric Chernak and Jan Ruda as well. Those those guys made their presence felt in the playoffs last year. And overall, I'm, I'm happy that Sorelli re-signed because he's he's one of their best players. Yeah. How about you, Elias? What do you think of Sorelli's career I think we can deal? talk about the deal and how it was great for both sides for like another 40 minutes, <laughs> to be honest. Like, the, the deal is amazing. Um, but I want to add on to the point of this. Tampa Bay, without Kucherov going on to LTIR, they couldn't have done it. And now with Kucherov on the LTIR, they're signing Sorelli. That means they have little to no cap room to re-sign Matthew Joseph and Alexander Volkov, who are both waiver, not waiver exempt. So they probably are going to lose two prospects that are highly valued in the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. So yes, this is a great deal, but yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. But they re-signed Joseph. And oh, they, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. They, they already re-signed them. Oh, my bad. I didn't see uh, that. Okay. I think it was a few days okay. ago. Okay. 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 I haven't seen that. Sorry but to interrupt. I just wanted still, to. Still, like, there. with them re-signing, they, that doesn't really take away from the point of them not having a lot of cap room left now. Um, Still, like, they, they literally have nothing to sign. Uh, they have nothing to work with. They are over the cap worth, uh, the the cap uh, limit right now. Uh, they're going to have to trade somebody. I'm not sure who they're going to get rid of but i mean they unfortunately for kucherov but fortunately for the lightning they lucked out with kucherov being out because now they can literally keep their roster intact without trading a big member of their of their core and losing somebody man like they're probably likely to lose alex kalorn or something like that in the expansion draft but it it just it's a great thing for i guess for tampa to be able to get this signing done but there's a lot of questions surrounding them in terms of who they're going to move out and how they're actually going to get under the cap. 
Did I cut out? Hello? Sorry, did I interrupt you? Oh, there we go. Oh, sorry. Um, I, thought, I, thought, okay, I thought you can hear me. Now we're all having internet. Well, I think it might just be, I don't know. Anyway, I think, uh, for my opinion, I think 4.8 for him is a steal. If if Kucherov were not, weren't, wasn't in, they would have to let him go, I think, because Tyler Johnson is easily. Um, and I think 5.9 or 6 million with an offer sheet. I, I really think he's that good. And like Matt said, we both live in Whitby. We, we watched him play in Oshawa. He was the captain of that team. Loved, loved him in Oshawa. And, and it was awesome. Uh, flourish in Tampa Bay. Uh, Eric Howla and Mirko Granlin uh, both signed. What do you guys think of that? Starting with Matt. I I think I like that Nashville went on and signed them. Um, I thought I was I was shocked that Granlin resigned with Nashville. David Poyle a few months ago pretty much stated he won't be back, and then they go out and resign him to a one-year three point seven five million dollar contract. So, but he he looks decent in uh, in his brief stay in Nashville. Um, I think it adds to their lack of forward depth. I've never believed that Ryan Johansson is their number one center, but that's the topic for another day. And Eric Halla was one of the best UFA centers on the market. So I think that's a bit of a, that's a great signing. And that was a loss for, um, for I, I believe he played for the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, 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 that hurts um, the Panthers losing him. Um, I, I think that they would have liked to have resigned him, but Nashville gets another decent player. And I think adding to their depth, especially um, since David Poyle has stated for a, a number of years that he still wants to contend. Um, Nashville fans have been desperate for a cup since their run in 2017 where they lost to the Penguins. And uh, I think this these signing depth, although they were cheap contracts, um, is a good decision for them. Um, what about you, Elias? Yeah, I, I, the Predators, man, I, I'm not high on them at all. Uh, I feel like with their play in the bubble, losing to the Coyotes, it just shows that they are definitely on the end of their window for that Stanley Cup. And I don't think Granlund is going to be playing a big role for them. I mean, he showed incredible potential with his time with the Wild. And then all of a sudden, he comes to the Preds and he's just like a shell of himself. Yeah, he, he played better as of late, but I just I don't see him playing a big role uh, in terms of impact for the, for the Predators lineup. And like David Poyle even said, like Matt said earlier, like we're not re-signing Grandland. And then they re-signed Grandland. So it's kind of, it's, that's a testament to say like, they're, the top of their organization is even unsure of their future right now. They don't, they don't have a plan and their window is closing. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're defensive. Uh, they have like, they don't have a, the strongest defensive core as they once had with Subban obviously there. And, uh, but now like, I just I don't think they're going to be like making it that far. And honestly, they're in the central division this year. I had them finishing like fourth, honestly. I don't I don't think this any of these resignings, yeah, they're nice, but are they actually gonna help you in the long term or right now? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We have the standings in the divisional fun fun stuff. Um so each correct me if I'm wrong, but each has four teams make the playoffs, the top four teams. That's 
Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to break down division and um, we're going to start. We'll go one division. Let's just do a quick explanation here. Uh, start with the North Canadian division. Um, so top four, I'm just going to go right out with it is Toronto, Vancouver. And my reasoning here is, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, they were already a lock for the playoffs, obviously. Um, I think, you know, Freddie's playing on a contract year. He's going to have to put up some big numbers if he wants a big contract. Uh, their forwards, we all know this already, their forwards are going to play pretty big. And then, the, you know, TJ Brody and is uh, should be pretty good for the Leafs. So they're coming out on top for me. Vancouver number you got Quinn Hughes, you got Holtby there now, you got uh, Thatcher Demko if Holtby doesn't work, who played amazing in the playoffs, by the way, Thatcher Demko, that is. And uh, you got Sir, everyone there. Uh, Edmonton, do I even have to say Connor McDavid, Dominic Cahoon, all, all those guys, Tyson Bear, three for me, and Montreal, hyped up team this year. I think, I think they're a little overhyped. Um, uh, media outlets, but uh, you know, Toffoli's there now. Anderson hopefully makes a big impact. Uh, I think much. But what about you, Matt? What, who are you looking at the Canadian division? Yeah, um, for me, Toronto's one. Um, bias aside, they're I think they're the best team in this division, and it's not really that close. Um, their defense have always been the question, but going out and signing an actual good defensive defenseman and TJ Brody and not someone who's absolutely terrible at defense like Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci last year, we won't get into that, but I think they're the, the best the best one, uh, the best best one, team in this division. Um, and Anderson's a good goalie. Uh, you got a question if he resigns, but he's still one of the best goalies in this division. Two, I'm going to go Edmonton. And you got two of the best players in the world. Drys out just won the heart. McDavid is always challenging for the heart and he's best player in the NHL, in my opinion. And then they, they go out and get some good depth guys and Dominic Cahoon. And then you, you've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins who had a, a great season last year. So I think they're going to make the playoffs as well. Um, Vancouver as well. I think a lot of people are underestimating. Um, they did they did lose a, um, their starting goalie in Jacob Markstrom, which which hurts them a lot. But Thatcher against Demko proved in the playoffs that he's ready for the starter role. And you brought Braden Holpe, who's been on a downfall for a few years now, but who could rebound and could be a nice, a nice signing. And... Um, Quinn Hughes is looking like is a star already in the NHL and is looking to be challenging for the Norris for years to come. Um, they've got great prospects as well. I think Brogan Rafferty was had a hell of a year in the in the AHL. You've got Jack Rathbone, who is one of their best defensive prospects with Harvard. And then up front, Elise Pettersson, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat. Um, they've got so, so many talented forwards, and I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're I have them in third right now, and fourth for me is going to be the Calgary Flames. Um, I think Montreal could surprise some people, but Calgary, um, although they do have um, their troubles, they had their troubles last year. I think if Sean Monaghan, Johnny Goudreau, and Elias Lindholm can rebound, um, I think they're they're a great first line. They've got some decent depth like Mikhail Granlund, Andrew Mangiapane, and they've got their start of the future. David Riddick has never been a start, in my opinion. And now that they have Jacob Markstrom, although it was a bit of a, a steep price to pay at six. Um, six years, thirty-six million. I think he's he provides that um, stability in the back end, and then you've got Mark Giordano, Chris Tanev. If, if he can stay healthy, he's effective defensively. But that's if. 
Um, yeah, I think if they breathe out, they, they'll have the fourth spot. Yeah, um, I have to agree with Matt for the first three. Toronto, number one, I mean, they adjust their flaws quite well during this offseason uh, with the acquisition of TJ Brody, Wayne Simmons, and a lot of depth forwards as in like Jimmy Vesey and even Joe Thornton. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with them with the number one spot. Number two spot, Edmonton Oilers. I mean, we all said it. Nick David, Dry Saddle. Simple. That's why they're going to be second. Uh, and they obviously got Tyson Berry, which is going to complement the offensive upside that Dry Saddle and McDavid bring to the squad. Third, yeah, Vancouver. Uh, they got in Braden Holtby after losing Markstrom. They have uh, such a great forwards in the top of the roster with Pedersen and Besser. They have Quinn Hughes. I mean, they showed it in the playoffs this year, forcing um, uh, was it uh, was it Dallas? I'm sorry, well, I'm having a brain. Oh, Vegas. Sorry, I just had a brain fart there. Uh, Vegas to game seven. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, you've seen with their with their play in the playoffs, their play in the last year's regular season, and the potential of their roster that they're going to be, I think, in the definitely in the playoffs, and I think they're going to be in that two three position. But right now, I have them slotted as number three. Number four is where I disagree with Matt. I don't think it's going to be Calgary, and I don't think it's going to be Montreal either. I think it's going to be Winnipeg. Uh, they have Connor Hellebuck, the this year's Vezina Trophy winner. They addressed their issues with their center position with acquiring uh, Stasny. And he obviously played with Winnipeg before a couple years ago and on the run to the conference finals when everybody was so high on them. And I think that bringing him back will actually help bring that magic back along with it. Uh, and I have them finishing in fourth right now above Calgary and Montreal, uh, which, and by the way, Montreal, they're way overhyped. They beat Pittsburgh. Yes. But they're not as good as everybody expects them to be. Because, like, man, remember last year during the regular season, they were not even close to making the playoffs. They only got there because of the qualifying round. And I think with their play in the 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 play on play-ins in the playoffs, it's kind of a recency bias with them. And a lot of people have them finishing like one, two, or three. And I just think that's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. All right, and. Division. I'll start us off. Um, the first one, it's obvious, but um, I think probably the most favorite is Colorado at number one. Uh, it's there's not much to say. Like McKinnon, they've got uh, Rantanen, they've Kale McCarr. Uh, their depth is great. It's 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 more of a is is Gruber gonna play well this year? Um, but I think they're the lock for number one. Vegas, number two. They, they got rid of Schmidt to Vancouver, but um, I still think they're a great team. I'll get Vegas number two. Lewis, number three. I think Bennington had a okay year. Bounces back and has a fantastic year this year and is up for a Vesna. Um, they named Captain, which was cool. It's good for O'Reilly. Um, and number four, I have... Um, I think they have a great year this year. I think I think it's Cam Talbot who is going to be their starter. I think he's going to have a decent year in Minnesota with the defense they have over there. So that's who my top four are for the West. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. One's Colorado. Um, I don't necessarily see it being that much of a, a competition, although St. Louis and Vegas are good. I just... With the amount of talent that they have in 
Nathan McKinnon is arguably the best player in the world. Um, you can make the argument for it. Um, I think if he, if everyone can get rolling, I think they could seriously challenge for the Stanley Cup. Uh, so I have Colorado one. I got Vegas two. Um, I like the Alec Petrangelo signing, but what worries me is um, their forwards up front. You've got William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, so, and um, Riley Smith. Um, they could they're they're highly inconsistent. Um, Max Pacioretty was. Um, you saw a glimpse of his past self, but I really question if he's able to put up that um, amount of goals again. And then you, you just lost Paul Stasny to uh, the Winnipeg Jets. So they did lose some, uh, some, a good player. I think Petrangelo will help and they've got some great goalies in Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm not taken away from the fact that they're a great talented team, but I don't think they're as strong as Colorado. So they have, I have them in second. Um, third for me is St. Louis. Um, Petrangelo losing Petrangelo really hurts, like you like you just mentioned, Tyler. But I think Tory Krug will help. Um, he's a great defenseman. Um, I've always loved one of my favorite players on the Boston Bruins. I hate the Boston Bruins, but I've always liked Tory Krug. I've had a lot of respect for him and the way he plays it. Um, and then for four is is Minnesota. I'm extremely excited to see Kirill Kaprizov kind of finally come over from the KHL. Got drafted. Um, in 2015 by the Minnesota Wild, and it's been a really long time waiting for him, but I think it'll be worth the wait. And you've got the emergence of Kevin Fiala. Hopefully he can put up um, the amount of points that he did last season and, and not not pull a William Carlson, who had one amazing season. It kind of fell back to mediocrity, but I think um, Ken Talbot could be a, a solid signing, um, and I think Capo Kakinen could be a, a good backup. And potentially, if Ken Talbot falters, he could get the starting role. And I think he could run with it. So I'm going to go Minnesota. Uh, from my prediction of things, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis for the top three. I think it's going to be closer than you guys think. Uh, but Colorado, I mean, unlike Edmonton, they have one of the best players in the NHL with extensive depth to follow up with it. Uh, they have Landeskog, Rantanen, Kadri, Burkowski. The list goes on and on and on. You look at the defensive core, Graves, McCarr. They just got Devin Taze. They have Samuel Girard. They have Eric Johnson. They have they have an incredible team from top to bottom. And I picked them to win the cup last year. I'm going to pick them to win the cup again this year. And I think they're going to finish first in the, the West Division. Second is Vegas. They added Petrangelo. We've seen how good they are in the past. Uh, obviously, resigning Leonard. They have probably the best one-two punch in the league. Uh and yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Vegas number two, three, St. Louis. Yeah, they lost Pretangelo, but they did get Tory Krug, as you guys did mention. So that's why I have them number three. The fourth spot is where we are going to have some problems, in my opinion. And we're where this division is kind of wide open, honestly. Uh I think San Jose is gonna be a lot better than people think, and a lot better than people than they were last year. I think last year might have been a one-off. I don't see them making the playoffs though, because I don't think they're gonna improve that much. Uh fourth spot, I'm gonna have to give it to Arizona. I've been high on Arizona for like years and years on end now. Um, I feel like with Darcy Kemper, who in my opinion would have had a great shot to win the Vesna if he didn't get injured last year. Uh, yeah, they lost Taylor Hall, but they do have Phil Kessel. Clayton Keller is still amazing. He hasn't reached his potential yet. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Arizona for that four spot there. All right. And Central Division. And besides the East Division, I think, well, I wouldn't even say that actually. Yeah, no. Besides the East Division, be the most interesting and because um, like um, Ottawa isn't gonna like 
I think they'll be improved, but they're not. Gonna... Um, and every division has like that little weak spot. Um, and in the central, I just think they're really like besides Detroit, Chicago could always, you know, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane, so I think they could always, uh, regardless of them coming out and saying they're. Um, so for my number one spot, it's obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, all hurts. It really doesn't change much. They're still the best. I think the best team in the league. Um, and them, I have the bunch of Carolina Hurricanes. They were they were very good last year. It's a goaltending question, like a lot. Um, I think Carolina and and their group well in the Central Division. Third, I have Columbus. Columbus. Columbus's goalies, their tandem, uh, I loved, and the fight last year, although, you know, Tampa was impressive, um, that, that overtime thing, the whole, like, the whole playoff series, I, I loved one. Um, I think Columbus comes in at number three. And fourth, who is going to be my fourth oh option? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Fourth in the central. Florida Panthers uh, going to bounce back and oh, no. oh, Barkov no. is getting a bunch of points. Rupert is getting a bunch uh, of points. Claire is getting a bunch of points. Norris, just kidding. Um, I, I slots in at number four. That's totally biased. I'm probably gonna cry like season. Someone take it away from me, Ilya. Getting in from the central. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to go Tampa number one. Yes. Uh, Carolina number two. I think Carolina's play against Boston is not actually a testament to actually how good they are. Uh, number three, I'm going to have to go with the Dallas Stars who you conveniently left out of your uh, top four. Pardon? I did that on purpose. You know, Sagan's out, and it's a big loss, man. And Bishop's out too, isn't he? I mean, they did go to the Stanley Cup final with Sagan being injured and no Bishop. So I don't know. I'm gonna give Dallas third. You know, I I, I respect them enough. That's fair. It's fair. That Stanley Cup. I'm gonna give them third. Fourth spot is where this division is wide open. Uh, Nashville. I said earlier that I think they may be fourth or fifth. I'm not gonna give it to them as much as I want to give it to Florida. I'm sorry, Tyler. No. No, uh, you don't give it to Florida. Uh, it's between to me Columbus and Chicago. And I'm high on Chicago, so I'm gonna give it to the Chicago Blackhawks. I think their play last year in the play-ins against Edmonton showed actually they're a really good team that has potential in terms of their younger core. So yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to the Blackhawks for the fourth spot. Matt, what do you think? Uh, 100% agree with you. Um, Tampa's first reigning Cup champions. Um, they're going to be dominant. I expect them to come first. Second is Carolina. Um, they've got the, one of the best defensive cores on top to bottom in the entire NHL. They've got guys who can produce on offense. And they've got guys who can shut, play a shutdown role. And although their defense, uh, their goaltending isn't the strongest, I, I, I still think that they have a decent tandem in Peter Mrazek and James Reimer. Um, and then their forward, Spashnaho, Andre Spashnikov is becoming a stud. Um, I expect them to come second. Third for me is Columbus. 
Um, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is emerging as a, a really strong player. Um, he's going to be the guy that you build this team around. I really like the acquisition of Max Domi. I think he provides speed on, on the wing and um, an innate uh, goal-scoring ability and an ability to get under um, opponent's skin. I like their um, their top. I'd argue that their top pairing in uh, Wierenski and Jones is one of the best in the league. Um, they proved it against um, the Toronto Maple Leafs in the play-in round. It was, as a Leafs fan, it was one of the most frustrating things I've ever watched because we never could get any shots on net, and they were always getting under people's skin, and just it, it was a pain to watch. But I, I said, can we just not mention that play-in round ever again, please, <laughs> ever? Yeah. We're in pain. We're, All we know is pain. fans are hurting from that one as well. Fourth straight, first round exits. Yeah. Um, but, and then their goalies, Merz Leakins and uh, Corpus Allo, um, a lot of people didn't expect them to be as good as they were, but they've proven that they're really solid and they're a bit of a 1A, 1B duo, but they're really strong. And then this is where it's a tough one. Um, I can see Dallas, they made the cup final. And uh, they made they although Sagan was injured, um, they they proved that they got some depth scoring. Dennis Gurionov kind of emerged as a, a, a solid top six player. Rupee Hans should rebound. He's decent. And then Yol Effin Kivi Ranta um, was solid in the playoffs as well. And then you can make the argument for Nashville as well. Um, I think they've got enough forwards to make an impact. Their defense is still really good in Ellis, um, Yossi Norris. Trophy winner at home, Fabro could rebound, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Dallas four. I think they're strong enough to make a run. They've got Klingberg, um, they've got Heiskanen, who's one of the best young defensemen in the league, and I think Kudobin proved that he could take on a starter okay. role. So I'm gonna have to go with Dallas. You guys are sleeping Fabre. on my cat. So let me tell you. Anyway, going to the East. This for me, this was hard for me picking my East. Number one, I'm going with the Philadelphia Flyers. I think Carter Hart has an incredible year. Um, I, yeah, I, a, a really, really good structure for a deep playoff run this year. Washington Capitals, um, although they lost Lundqvist, who was going to be a really big mentor, I think Ovi has a great year, another one. Um, I, I really don't coming as a shock to anybody. Um, number three, the Boston Bruins. Um, I think Boston is nearing, still young and still improving, and he's incredible. I, th- I think they're nearing the end of their reign in the East. That might just be a me thing. but And for my fourth spot, this is really just but I think that the New York Rangers are going to claim the fourth spot is Artemi Panarin, obviously, is fantastic, is decent, but it's not the greatest. I think Truba has last year. Uh, Adam Fox is, is going to be good, I think. Um, and I think that first overall pick, I can't even come up with his name. <laughs> I think the Rangers are um, and I think the rookies are going to show up big. So that's who I have number four. Matt, who do you think's in the top four in the East? 
yeah, this was really tough, but um, I've got to go Washington one. Uh, they're, they're, I always kind of go low on them and they always exceed my expectations. So I'm going to go high on them for once. They've got the greatest goal scorer ever, in my opinion, and Alex Ovechkin, who can consistently pump in 40 plus goals in a 82 game season, um, 56 games. We'll see how many he puts in the back of the net, but his innate ability to score goals is top of his class. Um, they've got decent defending. They've got Dmitry Orlov, John Carlson, um, with the most amount of points in the NHL for, by defenseman. Last year is good. Got Backstrom, Kuznetsov. I like their lineup. Uh, losing Lundqvist really hurts, but Samsonov proved that he's the goalie of the future. And you've got a decent backup in Phoenix Copley. Um, two for me is going to be Boston. As much as I hate to admit it, I think they, they're still a really strong team. Um, they're in talks of re-signing Char, so I think that'll help them a lot. Their defense is the, the questionable part of their team. But uh, uh, Rask and Halak, I'd argue, is one of the best hands in the league. Um, they're consistently able to win games that Boston shouldn't have won. And I genuinely think that they could be slotted in as third as well, but I'm going to go second. Third for me is the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, they, they were absolutely incredible. They looked incredible in the playoffs, in the bubble. Um, they've got a great young core. Um, Carter Hart's emerging as one of the better goaltenders in the league. So I'll go with them three. And then four for me is Pittsburgh Penguins. I know a lot of people, if they listen to this, are going to be outraged. Crosby and Malkin are still top of line players. But I, just, I don't like where um, Jim Rutherford and his moves this offseason. You trade, you acquire Kapanen for who was an absolute steal of a trade for the Leafs for a first-round pick. Um his feet move faster than his head does. So um, I think putting him with Crosby um, can only do so much. A lot of players are expecting him to put 30 goals, but I wouldn't put that on him. Um, Jake Gensel, I think I just, I already mentioned, um, he's still really good, but it's their defense as well. It's like they lost Matt Murray. Tristan Jari is a good player, is a great goalie. Um, just to touch base on that quickly before moving on to the defense. Um, he's decent, but I don't expect a tandem of him and Casey to Smith being able to compete with um, the likes of guys like Boston and uh, Washington. And then their defense. You can uh, end it there. Mike Matheson. (laughs) I've never liked him. I think he's terrible. Absolutely terrible. (laughs) Um, Florida, Bill Zito worked his magic and was able to even acquire a solid depth score and Patrick Hornquist for Mike Matheson, whose contract is, like I just mentioned, terrible. Um, They... And they fucking signed. Oh, sorry, language. They signed Connor. They signed Cody Cece, who's <laughs> been watching with one season from Toronto, with Toronto. No, Cody Cece, He's man. just so bad; it's not even funny. So, um, he's so bad; it's not even funny. And then, um, Chris Letang. I think you could maybe see him get moved at the trade deadline. I know he's still a great player. Brian Dumoulin's good, but just. I don't expect them to be able to compete with the other top um, teams in the in the in the East. Right. So in the alias, they're my. Fourth. I think I might catch some slack here because mine is definitely not the the greatest. I mean, it's more of what I want to see happen more than what I think is going to happen. I think I'll, I'll say that. Okay, first I'm going to say the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers to me are the best team in this division because Carter Hart and they have great forward depth. So I'm um, go with them, and I, and I love Carter Hart, um, probably because of his World Junior performances in 2017 and 2018. But I just 
I love him, and I think he's going to be the, the best goalie in this division. Second, I have to go the Caps. You can't really bend, bet against Ovi with the depth that he has. With And he's obviously, unlike Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin, they don't have a crazy general manager. So I'm going to have to go with them in the second uh, spot in this division. Third spot, I'm going to have to go with the New York Rangers. Yep. Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Adam Fox. They got some great goaltending in Shesterkin and uh, uh, Georgiev. So I'm going to have to go with the Rangers third. I'm really high on them. I think they're actually going to do really well, blow a lot of teams out of the water. So, yeah, Rangers third. Fourth spot. This is where I would love to put the Pittsburgh Penguins, but Jim Rutherford, Jim Rutherford is a crazy man, and I don't want to give him any type of satisfaction. So, no, he's not going to be fourth. Now, then it comes down to the Boston Bruins. But as a Leafs fan, my pride can't give any credit to Boston. So I'm not putting the Boston Bruins worth. Plus, I also like to say this. They did have Tory Crew. They lost him, and they didn't necessarily replace him. I feel like their core is getting older, and I'm not sure. Outside of Pasternak, outside of their top line, their forward depth is little to none. I don't really like their forward depth. I don't like their defensive depth. And I think they actually have gotten worse. Um, obviously, we yeah. saw with their play in the regular season and in the play-ins, their play drastically declined. Uh, they were obviously the best team in the league last year until the play-ins where they lost every single round-robin game, and then they came into the playoffs. Yeah, they beat Carolina, but they got absolutely destroyed by the Lightning. So, uh, Boston, I'm sorry, no. So then it comes down to the Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm going to have to put the Buffalo Sabres in the fourth division. Hot take. Yes, I'm choosing the Sabres. The reason why oh is because God. they got Taylor Hall, and I think he's going to do incredible things for the Sabres lineup this year. Uh, him and Eichel, I think, will be the one of the best two-pairing, uh, one-two punch in the league. Uh, obviously, Jeff Skinner definitely had a downwards year last year, but I think he's going to have a definitely uh, improvement in terms of his play. Uh, I know that's a hot take. A lot of people have Buffalo finishing dead last, but I just I want to put Buffalo in there, so I'm gonna put Buffalo in there. And I don't like Boston's like roster in terms of how they played from the last year in the Lions and Pittsburgh. What what is Jim Rutherford doing, man? Like, listen, this should be real. Like, the guy is he uh, he's on a mad trip, and I don't like it at all. If you're a Penguins fan, you should mm-hmm. be crying in the corner right now because Jim Rutherford is ruining your franchise. Exactly. Like, like the guy is doing do madness right now for the, the Penguins organization. And if you're the old, if you're Mario Lemieux, I don't know how you still employ this guy. So I'm not putting them in there, and I don't want to put Boston in there. So I'm going to put the Sabers. So yeah, that's that's I I, I respect the hot take. Right. I needed to put one in well, there. I need to put one uh, hot we take. Think- yeah, for sure. That that was like last week's episode with my Carey Price hot take. Anyway, um, we thank our viewers or our listeners for joining us this week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the hockey underscore wired pod. Let us know what you think about the episode and reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to talk about whatever you're wondering about the hockey universe. Uh, Matt, where can uh, the listeners find you and what do you have going on with the hockey writers? Um, so you can follow me at um, Sheridan, S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N underscore Matt, M-A-T, um, on Twitter. Um, and at the, in terms of the hockey writers, um, of course, with World Juniors coverage, um, 
I'm currently slotted to cover Team Finland, so I'm probably going to do a bit, a few takeaway um, pieces for that. So that should be coming in the next few days. And um, gearing up uh, towards the the NHL season, so um, I cover the Toronto Maple Leafs for the hockey writers. So. All right, and uh, Ilias, well. how about you? Where can the people find you, and what do you have going on with OTL and your outposts with uh, the hockey writers? So yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Ilias HSN is my at. Uh, I just I post some comments on my thoughts on the World Juniors, lease management, and all the other sports, including basketball, actually. So yeah, you can follow me there. Uh, OTL, I have some World Junior coverage coming out. Uh, I recently just put out my Team Canada preview, where I highly praise their roster. Uh, and you can go check that out on their website. Uh, with the hockey writers, I'm newly a trial writer with Colorado for the Colorado Avalanche with them. Uh, I'm gonna have a. I just had an article come out the other day actually about who they will lose in the upcoming expansion draft. Uh, and in the next few days, I'm gonna have another article probably on their third line and the options that they have uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, you can go check that out. I'm gonna have a lot of posts coming out. Uh, in the next few weeks with them and all with OTL, of course, as well. So yeah, you can check me out on those. Perfect. And uh, you can find me at Prosik Tyler, P-R-O-C-Y-K on Twitter. And uh, we thank you for uh, joining us again. And Ilias, thanks for coming on. No problem. Uh, and in the new year, we have uh, plenty of special guests coming your way, uh, including some very well-known names. So you'll see that coming out. Uh, thanks for joining us.